With so many detailed Bible prophecies, it is unthinkable that anyone would miss the second coming of Jesus Christ. However, the Bible tells us that most people will. Today, I'm going to provide a brief overview of many of those prophecies and use current events to show how they have either already been fulfilled or are coming to pass right now, so that you are not caught unaware when the second coming of Jesus Christ occurs. Stay tuned for another exciting edition of End of the Age. You're listening to an End of the Age replay. There were approximately 100 prophecies given before the first coming of Jesus to the earth. He fulfilled every single one of them to the minutest detail. No one should have missed His first coming, but most people did because they didn't know the prophecies. Today, we are living just before the second coming of Jesus to the earth. We don't have about 100 prophecies. We have closer to a thousand. Yet the scriptures tell us that most people will miss the second coming of Jesus Christ. Again, this will happen because people do not know the prophecies. So what I'm going to do is to, we'll go through a few of those prophecies because I don't want you to miss them. And the second coming of Jesus Christ. What a travesty that would be. The Bible says it will come as a thief in the night, but not to everyone, just to those who are not paying attention. Now, I'll go down through several prophecies here, and I'm going to spend a little time on this first one. Because what a miraculous prophecy this is. And most people simply do not understand it. The United States and other modern nations in the Bible. Yes, I said that correctly. The United States is absolutely mentioned in Bible prophecy. Along with many other modern nations. So the prophecy that highlights all the nations involved in God's plan for the end time is recorded back in Daniel 7, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to start with verse 3. Daniel 7, 3 says, And for four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second beast like to a bear. And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, 
And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another beast, like a, a leopard, which had on the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast also had four heads. So it had four heads of a leopard, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. That's the main characteristic of the fourth beast. So the four separate beasts in Daniel's vision, in Daniel 7, are a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a leopard with four heads, and a beast to which Daniel could give no name, but those, its dominant characteristic, remember, was that it had ten horns. Well, we understand that much of prophecy is written in symbols. Now you might be asking, well, why is that? Well, God couched the prophecies of the Bible in symbols so only those who really seek to understand will find those answers. Those that really have a, a hunger will get it. Those with, that say, well, I just, you know, we don't understand the beast of the Bible, so uh, let's just shelve that conversation and we won't have that because nobody understands. But that's not what they're there for. They're there for a reason. Why are they there? Why did God put those beasts in there? And then use symbolism to describe, to give the interpretation of those beasts. So, we know they can be understood. What do these beasts in Daniel 7 symbolize? Well, these symbols are interpreted for us. When we continue reading in Daniel 7, we find that verse 17 says that these great beasts, which are four, are four kings, what shall arise out of the earth. Then verse 23 provides another clue. It says, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth. So according to verse 17, the beasts symbolize kings. And according to verse 23, the beasts symbolize kingdoms. So we know for certain that these beasts represent nations along with the rulers of those nations. So, if this is a prophecy of nations, why do we care, right? I mean, were they here thousands of years ago? Are they here currently on the earth? I mean, why do we care here in, in the year 2022? Does it have any relevance to us right now? Well, to answer that, we need to ask another question. When will these nations exist? Well, Daniel 7, 4 through 8 identifies the four beasts. Then in Daniel 7, 9, it says, I beheld till the thrones of these beasts, these nations, their thrones were cast down. And the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and his, the hair of his head was like pure wool. 
and his throne was like the fiery flame and the wheels as burning fire. Now you know where I'm going, right? And I'm in the scripture here, Daniel 7. So this is describing the transition from the kingdom of human government to the kingdom of God. That's when these nations will exist, remember. So the Bible teaches when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, He will remove all human governments and He will establish a kingdom which will never pass away and never be destroyed. So we're answering the question, when will these nations exist? Well, it correlates with when God will come back, do away with human government, and set up His kingdom here on the earth. Now, most of you know when that will happen, and it's just ahead of us. In the Bible, God gave us a timeline from the beginning to the end of the age. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching our brand new video, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. Get your DVD of The Future According to Bible Prophecy free with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 endtime. That's endtime.com slash future or 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. You're listening to an End of the Age replay. Now, we're answering the question, when will these beasts or nations be on the earth that Daniel was describing all the way back in Daniel chapter 7? Remember, the beast symbolized nations. So here, Daniel sees these beasts or nations and with with their thrones cast down, and Jesus Christ crowned as King of kings and Lord of lords. Isn't there a scripture in Revelation 11 that says, at, there will come a time at the seventh trumpet when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. Well, it is at this time, Daniel sees this as well in Daniel 7. It is at this time when the, the 1,000 year reign of Jesus Christ will begin. This is what Scripture refers to as the kingdom of God. 
Then in Daniel 7.11, Daniel backs up to explain what will occur immediately before the kingdom of God is established. He said, I beheld them because of the voice, the great, the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body was destroyed in giving to the burning flame. The horn here is symbolic of the future Antichrist that will come on the scene. Him being destroyed is actually, there's another description of that in Revelation chapter 19 verse 20. The Antichrist and the false prophet being cast into the uh, lake of fire. So the timing of these events correlates to the end of human government and the beginning of the kingdom of God. The Bible explains humanity will continue on earth for another 1,000 years after the Antichrist is destroyed. And the nations whose power has been removed will have their lives prolonged into the millennium. This is significant because, and this is what's so miraculous uh, about this prophecy, this is significant because it reveals to us that Jesus Christ will return during the lifetime of these nations. Now, this is really the salient issue here. If all of these beasts are on the earth at the second coming of Jesus Christ, and that's what this is telling us, if the Antichrist is destroyed at the coming of the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's the fourth beast, and the other beasts are allowed to live into the millennium, That tells us then that all of these nations are going to be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, this is a a 2,500-year-old prophecy, folks. Now, you say, well, that's all fine and good, but what what are the beasts? Well, we we can identify these beasts or nations that will be on the earth at the time of the second coming. I mean, absolutely. And once we realize this, then we can say we can prove that these nations are here now and we know for certain that we are living in the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now again, why am I doing the program? Because most people will miss. The Bible says most people will miss the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible says most of the world will follow after the Antichrist. Because they're not paying attention and they don't understand Bible prophecy. But we don't want you to be in that group. We want you to be in the group that understands and is helping to instruct others. Doesn't the Bible say that in Daniel uh, chapter 11, verse 32 and 33? During the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong into exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. That's what we're wanting to accomplish in these programs is to help you understand so that you can go out and instruct others so they will know, hey, the the second coming of Jesus Christ is just ahead. I probably ought to have a sense of urgency to align my life up to the Word of God and prepare myself for that day. Okay, so the... Who, who, the identity of these beasts. Who are, what do these beasts symbolize? I first want to clear up a misconception, or I should say a misinterpretation of Scripture here. 
there are some that teach that these beasts symbolize ancient empires. That the lion is Babylon, the bear is Media Persia, the leopard is Greece, and the ten horn kingdom is Rome. There, there are many people that teach that. However, there is an inconsistency with that theory. And, and Scripture makes it plain. In Daniel chapter 8, let's jump ahead one chapter here. Daniel chapter 8, it reveals a ram fighting with a he-goat. And then in Daniel 8, verse 20 through 21, it says, The ram which thou sawest, Daniel, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia, and the rough goat is the king of Grecia. So this clarification, it contradicts the original theory that the beast in Daniel 7 are a mere image of those mentioned in Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel 2, those ancient empires. This clarification in Daniel 8 contradicts that theory. Another discrepancy is found when you consider the kingdoms of Babylon and Media Persia, they no longer exist. That Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire and the kingdoms of the Media, the Medio Persian Empire with uh, Darius and Cyrus, the kings, th- that no longer e- even exists. Even Alexander the Great's Grecian Empire that ruled the known world at that point, and the Roman empires with the Caesars and the gladiators and all that, that that's gone. That ended in what, 284 A.D. So this creates a problem since the prophecy says that the beast in Daniel 7 represent nations who will be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, right? You see the big uh, misinterpretation of Scripture here. So we want to make sure we get it right because we want you to know that this is one of the most important prophecies in the Bible. So... The interpretation of what's the symbolism? What are these? Uh, what's the? Um, what are these beasts? These nations that are symbolized here? Well, for sake of time, the lion is the modern nation of Great Britain. That's easily proven. The eagle's wings that came out of the lion is the United States. Our mother country is Great Britain. Daniel saw the the eagle's wings plucked out of the lion made stand upon a feet as a man, as a man's heart was given to it. That's the United States of America, the modern nation. The, the bear in Daniel 7 is the modern-day nation of Russia, the Russian bear. There are many articles, especially with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine right now, about the Russian bear. There are hundreds of articles on that. The leopard is Germany, the four-headed leopard in Daniel 7. The ten-horned beast is symbolic of the, the current European Union or the reborn Holy Roman Empire. Now that's a whole other Bible study. I, I won't get it go down that road. We don't have time. But the reborn Holy Roman Empire, which was reborn very recently, November 3rd, um, 2009. The Holy Roman Empire was reborn with the signing of the Lisbon Treaty. And Scripture tells us this is the entity that the Antichrist and the false prophet will originate from. Now, what a miraculous prophecy, right? And you need to understand that because the Bible says most people won't understand the prophecies, 
Most people misinterpret this prophecy and say, well, the United States is not even mentioned in the Bible. It absolutely is. So what's the culmination in our minds that we want to leave with after knowing this prophecy? Well, the first and foremost thing is that Almighty God in His divine providence said over uh, you know, 2,600 years ago that in the days of Great Britain, the United States, Russia, Germany, and the Tin Horn Kingdom, the current European Union, that I'm coming back. In the days when the majority of these nations from, uh, will form a one-world government system, that you and I will need to be ready. The Bible's warning us all through. Remember, there's close to a thousand prophecies about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Every event uh, predicted so far has come to pass exactly as God said that it would. And to see with our own eyes the nations predicted in the Bible living together simultaneously is an incredible prophetic fulfillment. Jesus taught us, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. That's Matthew 24, 35. In the, if in this world anything is sure, that is that every prophecy shall be fulfilled. Even to the smallest detail. And it is incredible to know that we live in the, same, in the time of fulfillment of a great percentage of the Bible's prophecies and the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. The correlation of this prophecy to actual current events is so intricate and complex, there's no way it could be accidental or coincidental. That's impossible. And if you are not ready for the second coming, then just make up your mind right now. I will not let another day pass me by until I am prepared to welcome Jesus Christ back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, everyone listen to me. This is just one prophecy. You think the Bible's not detailed? You think the Bible... God didn't want us to uh, make a mistake and say, well, maybe someday, someway, somehow the Lord's going to come back. We'll never know when it is, but, you know, hopefully we're ready and, you know, but we may have hundreds of thousands of years. No, 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 no. The Bible's very clear. The Bible does say, in Matthew 24, Jesus said, no man knoweth the day or the hour. Yeah, no man did know 2,000 years ago. But it doesn't know that we won't have a very, uh, we won't be able to really kind of fine-tune when that event's going to happen when all these prophecies start clipping off. And I can tell you, most of them have already come to pass. Let me go into another one. World government. Remember the four beasts described in Daniel 7, 4 through 7, and the modern nations they symbolize were the, the lion with eagle's wings, Great Britain and the United States, a bear, Russia, a four-headed leopard, Germany, and the ten-horned beast, which is the reborn Holy Roman Empire, or the current European Union. Well, 650 years later, in Revelation 13, verses 1 through 2, John uses these same symbols of nations to describe the end-time world government. In John's account, the four separate beasts in Daniel 7 federalized into a one-world 
global governing body. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea. I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Remember that back in Daniel 7. And upon his horns, which symbolizes what? The European Union, that's the ten horns and the beast. And upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And included in this combo beast, the beast which I saw was like unto the body of the leopard, Germany. The feet is the feet of the bear, Russia. Mouth is the mouth of the lion, Great Britain. And the dragon gave it its seat, power, and great authority. Now, with all, remember, with all of the ancient empires, this, would be, this prophecy would be impossible to be interpreted like this because those nations don't even exist anymore. Those, those world-governing empires. But now it does. The, all these nations are on the earth and in power. And this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy of the world government that is currently being established. And folks, this is supposed to be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. This entity will war against Jesus Christ when He returns. This is the entity that will have the armies that come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon. So you say, well, I, I don't, Dave, I don't know if we're really in the end time. Oh, come on, everybody. You know we are. Look at these prophecies coming to pass in intricate detail. I mean, global elites, think about this. We're watching this happening. Global elites have been, for decades, working assiduously to create a world-governing body. The goal is this global governing system that is so all-inclusive and minutely detailed, it's going to control every aspect of every person's life. That's their goal. You can see it happening right now. The Sustainable Development Goals, ESG, all the, the, the Great Reset, Build Back Better, all these different things. The Council for Inclusive Capitalism. All these things are designed to govern your life. And the intention is to eventually regulate an, an individual, all individual production, consumption patterns with the ultimate objective of thought manipulation. Have we heard about a disinformation governing board recently? Thought manipulation? resulting in absolute obedience and allegiance, social credit scores, all of these things. The outcome of these efforts is the formation of international institutions designed not to govern a nation, but to govern the world. You would recognize many of these uh, institutions, the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, International Criminal Court, the World Bank, World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the North Atlantic Treaty uh, Organization, NATO. That's just to name a few. So you can see that the world government is being established. Now, folks, these are just two of the end-time Bible prophecies letting us know the second coming of Jesus Christ is right around the corner. (coughs) Make sure that you are ready for the second coming. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age replay. You know, everyone, I love studying the prophecies of the Bible. And I think that we need to get back to the basics of Bible prophecy. I watch videos and have read books and have people sending me stuff from all over the world. And there's so many different teachings out there that I thought, you know what, we really need to get back just to the basics of this stuff because it is the Bible's the best book out there. I've got stacks of books in my office of people that have sent me, and I can read the first couple pages and think, oh, my goodness, we've got to get back to the Word of God because that's the best interpretation of all of this. And so what we want to do is to make sure, you know, most people missed the first coming of Jesus Christ, because they didn't understand Bible prophecy. I don't want that to happen. I want to make sure that everybody listening to us and reading our magazines and watching the daily programs and everything, following us on, in, in our Jerusalem Prophecy College online, the end of the age plus, everything we do, that you've got to understand the basics. I could go into all the great details of everything going on in the world, but if you don't understand the basics of Bible prophecy, you're going to be stuck. So let me go through a few more Bible prophecies that let us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we truly are living just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. These are things that you can use to influence your friends, family, your sphere of influence that we are certainly in the second, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and I need to be getting myself ready for that event. Let's talk about the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Probably the most recognizable prophecy concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Bible, if not one of the top three. In Matthew 24, Jesus prophesied that the temple, the second temple, was going to be torn down. And, you know, the pride of their nation was going to fall. It was like cold water in the apostles' face. And they would go back into exile because they did not hear the voice of God and they were disobedient to God. This prophecy was, in fact, fulfilled in 70 AD when the Roman armies 
led by General Titus, came against Jerusalem, and they destroyed the city of Jerusalem, burnt the temple to the ground, and not one stone was left on another. Well, this prophecy was so thoroughly fulfilled that today the Jews still do not know for sure where the temple was located on the Temple Mount. Now, I know some people speculate that it was built in the city of David and Nablus and different places. It was built up on the Temple Mount, up on the platform that Herod constructed. The platform is not the temple. The temple is set up on the platform up on the Temple Mount. They tore that down so completely that the Jews do not know 100% today, in fact, where that stood. They, they speculate, but they don't know 100% exactly where it's set. So the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD began the second exile. And God did exactly what He said He would do, and those who uh, persecuted and, and disobeyed Him were driven into exile. And the first exile lasted... 70 years. The second exile lasted 1,878 years. Now, why did the second exile last so long? From 70 AD to 1948. Well, their punishment was this extreme because they rejected the promise. They rejected the covenant. They, um, the, the seed of Abraham, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, God manifest in the flesh. So God sent them into exile. But the Bible prophesied that they would come back together as a nation. Ezekiel 37 prophesied about the rebirth of Israel after the second exile. It says, God took Ezekiel to a great valley that was full of dry bones. And the Lord said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel responded and said, O Lord, I don't know. Thou knowest. And what was God showing Ezekiel here? This enormous valley of dry bones. Well, we believe God was showing him Hitler's Holocaust. And they stacked their bodies up as they they killed six million Jews. If you've ever been to a Holocaust museum, you've seen the stacks of bones. Just a horrific sight. And we believe Ezekiel saw a picture of the concentration camps when the Lord asked him if these bones could live. And the Lord was asking, can this nation come back together, is what he's saying here. Ezekiel replied that he didn't know. And then God told Ezekiel, prophesy to the dry bones, Ezekiel. Well, as Ezekiel prophesied, the bones rejoined back together again. The rest of the prophecy says that God would bring the children of Israel from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and He would gather them back into their own land. And it it happened after World War II when Israel came back together again. In 1939, the world's worst war broke out. Over the next six years... 52 million plus human beings met violent deaths. And among these were 6 million Jews that Adolf Hitler shipped off to concentration camps. Just when the Jewish people thought their lives could get, couldn't get any worse, it did. 
Hitler's gas chambers and crematoriums cruelly snuffed out young and old alike. His goal was to get rid of, to rid the earth of the Jews once and for all. He called this extermination campaign the final solution. When the magnitude of Hitler's horrible holocaust was revealed to the world, the collective guilt of the world's nations compelled them to finally grant the Jewish people a place to call home. On November 29th, uh, 1947, the United Nations voted to partition the area of the British Mandate into an Arab state and an Israeli state. The Jews, of course, they were thrilled to have a homeland after 2,000 years almost. Uh, After being sifted through the nations, they accepted the petition plan with joy. I mean, hey, we'll take what we can get. Of course, the Arabs rejected that. But the Jews were given a homeland, and this is when the Third Temple era began. Now, we're talking about a 2,500-year-old prophecy that has been fulfilled within the last 75, 80 years. With World War II and everything coming, happening and the, 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 the dry bones and everything, the entire prophecy, 75, 80 years, a 2,500-year-old prophecy, folks. And the nation of Israel will be drawn back together and in place at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Have we watched that fulfilled? Absolutely. In great detail. And it's still happening. End Time Ministries works with the Jewish agency in Israel to help Jews make Aliyah back to Israel from all over the world. Jews are being persecuted all over the world. Some nations, they won't even allow us to mention the names of them because they don't want to put them Jews in further harm across the Middle East and different places. That They're getting Jews out of those countries and coming back. Uh, Because of you, our faithful partners, you helped us get many Jews out of Ukraine to make Aliyah. Uh, And they finally got the funds for that, and we're very, very thankful for that. And we have worked very closely with the Jewish agency for years for that to happen. And so the rebirth of the nation of Israel, what an awesome, wonderful prophecy, the fulfillment of prophecy that that is, and it's ongoing. And so we love Israel, we love the people of Israel, we stand with Israel, regardless of what the situation in Washington, D.C. looks like. The majority of Americans around uh, in America, they support Israel. And why not? I mean, most of my childhood uh, heroes in Sunday school coming up were Jews. And they were Israelis, and it was King David and Abraham and all of, the, all of the different prophets and Jesus and the apostles. They were Jews, folks. And so, yes, of course, we love them. They gave us our Bible. They gave us our, all of the, um, the, the, the Old Testament, the New Testament, all of the, uh, the miracles and the, the other fulfillments of Bible prophecy and the, the revivals and everything we can look to. I mean, it's the Word of God. And so, yes, very, very thankful for them. And we stand with them to the nth degree, believe me. 
So another prophecy that helps us know we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. Now, this very important prophecy of the coming peace agreement, it's given in Dan, Daniel 9, 24 through 27. The entire prophecy. It says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish... Now, he's talking to Daniel, so it's talking about Israel here, the Jews. And upon the holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, three score and two weeks, and the, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. After threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he, this is verse 27, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Wow, there's a lot in that passage, isn't there? Well, this famous prophecy is often referred to by many prophecy teachers as Daniel's 70 weeks. It could be more accurately described as 70 weeks of years, or a 490-year prophecy. The NIV translation says... Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people. And the New Century Version says God has ordered 490 years for your people, Daniel. This prophecy of Daniel 9 foretold the events of Jewish history that would occur over a 490-year period. Not a consecutive 490 years because there are gaps in between. And the final seven years of the 490-year prophecy are described in Daniel 9.27. And this is the one that we are most interested in because this verse contains the prophecy of the Middle East peace agreement that will mark the beginning of the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. It's just ahead of us now, folks. It's one of the next two prophecies to be fulfilled. And that prophecy, again, is found in Daniel 9, 27. And we will look at that prophecy when we get back on the, on the other side of the break here. And aren't these prophecies amazing? Letting us know we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You're listening to an End of the Age replay. So this amazing prophecy, Daniel 9, 27, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, a seven-year period. And in the midst of that final week or a seven-year period, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. For the overspreading of abominations shall he make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So there are several things that we must understand from this just super important verse. Who is the he in Daniel 9.27? Well, the he confirms the covenant. So, the Antichrist confirms the covenant. Daniel 11.21-45 describes that action that happens because of the Antichrist. In verses 21 and 22, he is called the prince of the covenant. He calls the, the he here in this verse, calls the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Well, the Bible says the Antichrist stops the sacrifices, Daniel eleven thirty one, And he places the abomination of desolation. The Antichrist places the abomination of desolation that makes it desolate, Daniel eleven thirty one as well. So since the Antichrist does all three of these things, this gives us absolute proof that the he in Daniel nine twenty seven is referring to the Antichrist. Secondly, what is the covenant? Well, Genesis 15, 18 describes the covenant that God made with Abram. In the, it says, in the same day, the Lord uh, made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. At, so at the time of this divine promise, Abraham was in, in the land of Israel. And the Abrahamic covenant was God's promise to Abraham that the promised land would belong to him and his descendants through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and that lineage forever. Uh, Number three, what is the confirmation of the covenant? Well, when the Middle East peace agreement is signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians, the Antichrist and the international community will confirm Israel's right to exist in the Holy Land. Presently, Israel's enemies deny that she really has, even has a right to a homeland uh, there that God promised Abraham. When the confirmation of the covenant takes place at the time of the signing of the peace, this Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement, the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ will begin. Now, <coughs> you understand how you understand how important it is that you understand these prophecies. Because once you see that peace agreement and you ha- it has all the characteristics, we know that we've only got seven years left. The fourth thing is that um, what are the sacrifices that will be stopped? Well, the Middle East peace agreement will place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement between Muslims and Jews. It's being talked about right now. Israel will be allowed to build her third temple on the Temple Mount. 
When the temple is completed, animal sacrifices will be offered just like they were in the Old Testament. And these are the sacrifices the Antichrist will stop, probably at the urging of the animal rights activists. And then um, another question we really need to answer, what, what is the abomination of desolation? And this is all in Daniel 9.27, just this small verse. Well, in Matthew 24.15, Jesus said, When you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet back in Daniel 9.27, standing in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. So according to Jesus, the abomination of desolation will occur in the holy place. The holy place is in the temple or the temple mount. And then the Apostle Paul gave a more detailed description of the abomination of desolation in Daniel or um, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. He said, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, which would be the second coming of Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him, it, that, that day will not happen until there comes a falling away first, and that man of sin, the Antichrist, would be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in that temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The man of sin and the son of perdition both refer to the end-time world leader called the Antichrist. And Paul teaches here that the Antichrist will stand in the temple exalting himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. And he's actually going to claim to be God. When he commits that blasphemous act, that's going to be the abomination of desolation. So in summarizing the, the peace agreement, Daniel 9.27 prophesies that the Antichrist will confirm Israel's right to exist in the promised land. Now this is, this is getting ready to happen in just the very near future. This peace agreement will be a seven-year temporary agreement. And it will be temporary because the status of Jerusalem will be left unresolved. The creation of a Palestinian state in Judea is going to be one of the characteristics. The Temple Mount will be shared. The Jewish temple will be built. This is going to happen. I mean, just we're not very far away. Animal sacrifices will be conducted and then stopped. And the Antichrist will commit the abomination of desolation. So aren't these prophecies... I mean, look how detailed they are. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I've had many people say, Oh, Dave, come on. You know, I mean, we, this, this, nobody can understand all this stuff. What? Absolutely we can understand it. Let me see if I can get through one more. <clears throat> I could go on, I mean, obviously for days, but I want you to get the basics. And remember, we're going back to the basics on these things. Um, 666, the mark of the beast. The prophecy is found in Revelation 13, 16 through 18. The Bible says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding. You say, well, nobody can understand these prophecies. That's not what the Bible says. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding in those last days count the number of the beast. For it's the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6. So, prophecies foretell a time in the near future 
when every person will be required to have a universally recognized, unique identification number in order to participate in society. You can feel this closing in on people right now, right? This compulsory numbering system will be administered by the Antichrist and his global, the Antichrist, the false prophet, and his global governing system. In the early stages of the system, receiving a number is going to, it's going to seem harmless, right? I mean, it's going to be just another number like a debit card or a social security number used to function in everyday life. This is why you better understand the prophecies here when we get to this stage. For instance, uh, most nations already, they currently function under a national ID system, which allows their citizens access to government subsidies, financial transactions, health care insurance, uh, schooling, all, all kinds of things. Once the Antichrist assumes full control of the world government, this numbering system will be turned into a method of control. And, you know, judging by the current moves towards a cashless society, it's likely that by then most purchases will be made digitally and everyone will rely on their particular number for even the most basic essentials. And without it, no one will be able to legally buy or sell anything. Now, this is Bible Prophecy 101. So in order for an individual's number to remain active, he or she is going to be forced to worship or pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and this system. According to Scripture, this is the exact individual economic sanctioning system, this model that will be used by the Antichrist to force the world into compliance to his global governing system. Uh, So think about this. Cashless societies... Even uh, recently, the the COVID vaccination certification or these COVID passports, digital wallets, central bank digital currencies, national IDs, global IDs, social, social credit scores, facial recognition technology, retinal scans, GPS tracking technology. I mean, the list goes on and on. Many other similar efforts are all precursors to the eventual Mark of the Beast system. Now, I want to tell you, I've only went through a few. I mean, these are just a few of the end-time prophecies letting us know we are beyond a shadow of a doubt just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. You can see all these precursors to this Mark of the Beast system being put in place right now, getting people just used to, don't worry about cash, don't function with cash, Use your debit card, create this digital footprint, getting used to electronic transfers, um, just all digital precursors to this time. And there, there are places that this is actually being tested on uh, refugees and things that are, have, have had to flee war-torn situations and on uh, migrants. So there are others. I mean, there are the end-time spirits of Catholicism, socialism, capitalism, and Islamism controlling the ideologies of mankind in the last days. There's the Sixth Trumpet War, World War III, the Holy Roman Empire reborn, the Antichrist and the False Prophet, the coming one-world religion that's being established, interfaithism and ecumenism. The Seven Trumpets, uh, were all, the first five have already occurred. Then there's the prop, the, all the prophecies 
an overwhelming amount of prophecies concerning the second coming and what happens there. A lot of people are teaching all kinds of stuff about the second coming and the timing of it and what happens and, you know, it's the rapture and the, com- and the second coming are two separate events. And, uh, I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. But that's why I'm going to take you back to the basics. I want you to know exactly what the Bible says about this stuff. And the, the soon coming kingdom of God. How do you prepare yourself for the coming kingdom of God? How can I prepare myself for the second coming of Jesus Christ? So that way when that trumpet sounds, my feet leave the ground. There's nothing more important than that in your life right now. Is making sure I'm prepared for that. You can make money, get an education, do, do whatever you want. But number one priority is I want to be prepared for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important than that. Now, you and I both know there are many other prophecies. But 1 Thessalonians 5.8, the Apostle Paul said, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need to write unto you. 2,000 years ago, they didn't know. They didn't understand. For you yourselves know the, 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 the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. They couldn't understand. But, he said, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But then he starts talking to us, the end time generation. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not in darkness that, that, that um, you're not in the, the, of the night or of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. And that's what we want to do here at End of the Age. Watch and be sober. Understand the prophecies of the Bible so that that day does not take us unaware. Remember, many missed, most missed the first coming of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says most will miss the second coming, but not those who are prepared and are sober and are watching. That's you and that's me. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 